I'm Aaron Sagers, and this is Talking Strange. Spooky nerds, and welcome to Small Talk, a mini episode of the Talking Strange Paranormal Pop Culture Show. Now, before we get into this week's listener submitted story, I want to encourage you to check out the main episode of Talking Strange, where I speak with comic book writer Joshua Williamson about the DC Comics horror event called Night Terrors, which is a story that revolves around both superheroes and supervillains plunged into a nightmare realm as josh describes it it's a nightmare on dc street and it kicks off on july 4th so get the lowdown also a couple weeks ago i was at the belvoir winery and inn in liberty missouri which is also situated in the odd fellows home so there's a number of structures including an orphanage hospital a nursing home uh, and that's where the Belvoir Winery is located. We, we posted a live talk from that event and with the owner or CEO of the Belvoir Winery, Jesse Limecooler. So if you haven't listened to that. But the reason I bring that up is the first night of the event, there was a 1980s themed party. And I broke out my Indiana Jones cosplay while a bunch of other speakers such as Greg Newkirk and Adam Berry and Amy Bruni, uh, Amy Bruni from Kindred Spirits and the Haunted Road podcast. She runs the um, Strange Escapes to Paranormal Tourism event company. That's who hosted this Belvoir winery event. So anyhow, they were dressed as characters from Ghostbusters. Meanwhile, paranormal researcher and historian Joshua Darren embraced his best 80s self, and John Tenney rocked it as a punk. John Tenney from the What's Up Weirdo podcast and also a paranormal researcher, researcher of the weird, he dressed as a punk, which he literally was in the 1980s. He just pulled out his old wardrobe and put on some eyeliner. So, our friend Emmy. Emmy is an artist. She has a Patreon called Love Bug Circus. She's been putting together these art zines to commemorate events. I've spoken of Emmy's work. I've spoken of Emmy's work before, but she really outdid herself with this. She documents a bunch of us paranormal speakers in our costumes. And yes, I have been immortalized as me, as Indiana Jones fighting Slimer from Ghostbusters, who is trying to steal my whip. I think it's great. I might have to frame this. But the best sketch is of our friend John Tenney, who is like just flicking off the camera, and Emmy captures that. So check out Emmy's work. Support her at Love Bug Circus. Sort of speaking of Indiana Jones, I did get to see the new movie, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. It officially opens on June 30th, and I have some spoiler-free reactions, so you are safe with me here. This is the much-hyped final outing of Harrison Ford as our beloved archaeologist, And rather than being directed by Steven Spielberg with a story by George Lucas and Spielberg, who they did every other, uh, every other Indiana Jones movie up to net, this one, James Mangold helms this one and contributed to the story while Spielberg and Lucas are executive producers. The official synopsis is Daredevil archaeologist Indiana Jones races against time to retrieve a legendary dial that can change the course of history. Accompanied by his goddaughter, Helena Shaw, Indy soon finds himself squaring off against Jürgen Voller, a former Nazi who works for NASA. So Voller is played by Mads Mikkelsen, and Helena Shaw is played by Phoebe Waller 
Bridge, who I have a bit of a crush on, I must admit. Anyhow, I really enjoyed Dial of Destiny. I think it's a fun adventure. It serves as a satisfying end to Ford's iconic character. I think there's lots of action, lots of humor. It's set in 1969, 12 years after the events of Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. That was set in 1957, and the movie was released in 2008. So in this, Indy is a bit of a grumpy old man when we first meet him, but he's also emotionally broken. He's in a dark space. He just has no passion for life left. It kind of has echoes of Mangold's great film, Logan. As we learn in this movie, it kind of makes sense that Indy is the way that he is. It's It also kind of makes sense realistically. He's, he's still the badass, we know, but the years have caught up with the mileage. Phoebe Waller-Bridge, she shines as Indy's goddaughter. She's funny, she's quippy, but she's also scheming and greedy. And she also has her own young sidekick so she's more of temple of doom indy in his fortune and glory days before his that belongs in a museum phase i like the duo's chemistry i think that indy comes out of retirement to embrace adventure once more and we see him kind of get back into the swing of things there's some poignant moments though where this older man reflects on his life he expresses grief and processes death and there's some beats that I haven't seen in an Indiana Jones movie before, this sort of awareness of the toll of life. Mads Mikkelsen's Voller is a Nazi worthy of having his face punched. All Nazis are. We must punch Nazi faces. Uh, but we learn that Mikkelsen, he, he plays him with just enough likability to make him an enjoyable presence on screen while also clearly being a villain. Their action pieces are pretty frantic, pretty relentless. There's a fight and then a chase scene in Tangier, which I thought was really the maybe the highlight of the entire film, but definitely a highlight action sequence. In this sci-fi mystical MacGuffin of the Dial of Destiny, it actually is a real thing. I wrote about it for Den of Geek and for my Patreon. It definitely would be something that the face-punch-worthy Nazis might be after. And it feels more within Indiana Jones' Jones's realm as opposed to the Crystal Skulls. Not that I hated the Kingdom of the Crystal Skulls. I just kind of didn't like it. It wasn't my favorite. Anyhow, Dial of Destiny does lead to an over-the-top, borderline silly finale, but it feels more effective than Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. My main complaint, though, is that there's just not enough whip action. Not enough bull whips. Maybe very little at all. I just need one or two solid moments with the whip that we don't get. That is that is my complaint. But it's fun. It's fitting. It undoes a lot of the missed opportunities of the last film to send off our hero, even if it isn't perfect. It's not better than the core three films, which I rank those as Raiders of the Lost Ark, The Last Crusade, and Temple of Doom in that order. But it's much better than Crystal Skull. So... Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. I'd love to hear what you think about it if you check it out. Okay, on to the listener-submitted story for the week. Subject line, spooky story for the show. Actually, yeah, that's appropriate enough because it is a spooky story for the show. This comes to us from Aaron Taylor. Let's get to it. Hi, Aaron. You know me. I do weird paranormal stuff on the daily. 
But I wonder if I'm jaded or broken because in the countless places I've investigated, I can't really claim to have spooky, ooky stories as much as the one I had when I was 16 or 17. I like to tell this one as my big first ghost encounter, although my first encounter was actually of my dead cat. Here it goes. My mom was part of the Colorado Archaeological Society when, while I was growing up, and every holiday weekend there was some big encampment. In 1998, we went to Chaco Canyon in New Mexico. This was once home of the Anasazi Indians. Since I was the only one of my age, I became my own entertainment. After we set up camp, I wandered off to a small cave dwelling near our camp. It was a small dwelling, a couple of rooms, probably no bigger than 12 feet by 5 feet. Uh, again, this is aging my memory, but it wasn't very big. I was on a rock art kick, trying to find any remnants, especially of Cocopelli, the flute player. I have my own rock by way of Led Zeppelin on my Walkman. Yup, Walkman. And I am behind the dwelling within the sunken wall of the cave, which is more of an indent. As I'm gazing over the rock ceiling, I get this weird feeling I'm not wanted there. I shrug this off. I mean, I was alone. The feeling comes back. Stronger. I mean, intense. I feel it watching me, enveloping my shoulders, pushing me out. So I abide, and I haul ass back to the camp. I told my mom and her friends about this, and they laughed. They said the Anasazi were peaceful and mystical folks. They meant no harm. Their name, after all, meant the wise ones. Whatever, I brushed it off, not feeling validated. Nothing further happened on the trip, and so I thought maybe I made it up. Fast forward to May or June the following year when my mom's archaeology magazine is mailed to the house, and on the front cover, in bold letters, it says, Terror at Chaco Canyon. I knew it! my hands trembling as I opened the magazine and the article. It described the past residents as warriors or, quote, death squads who would eat their enemies during wartime. That eerie sense I got? Someone, something, probably wanted to eat me. Maybe not, but my spidey senses knew something that day, enough to get me out of there. My mother finally validated me, and I had the coolest story ever. I'm not psychic, and I have not had an experience like that since then. Okay, Aaron, thank you so much for sending in that story. Aaron also sent an image of the magazine with the Chaco Canyon article. We'll post that on my social media. And she, interestingly enough, ended up doing a Google image search for the area, which she says, quote, this is the first time I've seen the dwelling since that trip, and it still gives me the heebies. So what do you think of Aaron's stories? Write in and let me know. Also, share your stories about hauntings, strange encounters in the woods, unusual lights in the sky. Maybe you got a Bigfoot story. Maybe there was just a bizarre human who made your skin crawl at the core level. Any near misses with danger or violence, some instinct or strange force that guided you to safety, tell me all about it. Send it in, talkingstrange at denofgeek.com. Plus, send me guest suggestions. Ask questions about me or the show. 
It's all fair game. I want to hear from you. Talking Strange at denofgeek.com. And come join the fun over on my Patreon, patreon.com slash Aaron Sagers for live stream movie watches and trivia, other live streams with special guests, cocktail recipes, and more. You can also pick up cool spooky nerd merch at the spookynerdshop.com. All right, I'm Aaron Sagers. This has been Small Talk, a mini episode of Talking Strange. And until next time, be kind, stay spooky, and keep it weird. Talking Strange is a part of the Den of Geek Network, available wherever you listen to other podcasts. If you like what we're doing, share Talking Strange with your friends and fellow spooky nerds. And please, subscribe, rate, and leave a nice review. If you have a strange or paranormal story you would like to share with us, please email talkingstrange at denofgeek.com for a chance to have it read on a future episode. For video episodes of Talking Strange, check out twitch.tv slash denofgeektv and youtube.com slash denofgeekus. And please follow at TalkStrangePod on Twitter and at Aaron Sagers on Twitter, Instagram, and Patreon for more paranormal pop culture content. Mm-hmm.